Welcome to the official podcast of Apostolic Lighthouse. We'd like to thank you for listening today. We pray this message blesses you and encourages you to see that God is working in your life. Enjoy the message. Amen. I want to turn to one verse, um, Psalms 37.5, just to start off with. Psalms 37.5 says, Commit thy way unto the Lord. Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. Amen. I want to talk about commitment tonight. Amen. Commitment. You know, to accomplish anything in life requires commitment. And commitment, another way of saying commitment, other words that kind of mean the same thing and and help us understand what commitment is, dedication, devotion, faithfulness, determination, loyalty, and trustworthiness. These are all components of commitment. Amen. And when you are committed to someone or something, it will be obvious to all the people around you when you're committed to something or committed to someone. Amen. You know, when you see the Olympic athlete trying to get to qualify for the Olympics, they're in line to make a deposit at the bank. And, you know, they're doing like push-ups in line and all kinds of stuff or whatever. I mean, you know, they're committed and uh, when they, you know, you want to take them out for a burger or whatever, and they say, no, no, I'm eating all this, you know, healthy stuff because I'm trying to, you know, get in a certain physical condition. They're committed. Amen. Your commitment is obvious to people around you. And commitment is essential, for example, for us to have strong, healthy relationships. Amen. We must have commitment. Amen. We know when people are married, they take vows. Those who are vows of commitment. Amen. Everybody can do the better. Everybody can do the richer. Uh, everybody can do the healthy part. But when it gets to the poorer and, you know, in the sickness and uh, all those kind of things, you know, the commitment takes you through all the, the situations. Amen. When we have a true commitment. Amen. Commitment is essential if we're to be successful in our careers. Amen. Or in, you know, trying to get a degree for something or whatever. You have to be committed. Amen. You know, committed to do homework, committed to, you know, working hard on the job or whatever and going that extra mile so that you're noticed and and you're, uh, you know, rewarded and promoted and so forth. You know, learning to play a, a musical instrument, learning how to paint, to, or sculpture requires commitment. You don't just, you know, pick up a, a guitar and, you know, can play, uh, you know, something that doesn't sound like a bag of cats with a, getting hit with a, you know, something or whatever, you know. Uh, and, and, you know, so it's important that we, that, uh, we understand that, you know, it, you know, it's great to say I want to do something, but it's another thing to commit to it. Amen. And we have a fresh new year ahead of us. A whole year, praise God. And let's commit, amen. My wife mentioned some things a couple Thursdays ago when she taught, uh, amen, about uh, being committed, amen, and di- different things we can do in different months uh, to uh, just commit to the Lord on certain things, uh, amen. And, you know, um, one man said this, without commitment, you cannot have depth in anything. 
whether it's relationship, a business, or a hobby. And that's so true. And more than anything else, commitment is essential if we are to have a close, powerful, growing, thriving, and enduring relationship with Jesus. We have to have a commitment because there's all kinds of things in life that will try to put Jesus down the road in our life, put Jesus down you know, the priority list to, to put Jesus, uh, you know, behind over here. And we'll, we'll, we'll take, get to, get to that when we get a chance. No, we have to have a commitment that puts him in the forefront, that puts him in uh, highest priority as our first love. Amen. So it's so important that we commit our way to the Lord. As our text verse said, commit our way. Amen. Our way is another way of saying our life our future. That's our way. Amen. And we also need to commit our works to the Lord. Proverbs 16, 3 said, commit your works to the Lord and your plans will be established. Amen. Now there's a difference between your way and your works. Your, your way is like your whole, your whole life and, and your whole future. Amen. It's a more general statement but your works are what you do, amen. Day by day, actions and activities are your works, amen. Your works added together make up your way, make up your life and your future. Galatians 5.25 says, says this kind of uh, in a comparison. It said, if we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit, amen. We can say, yes, I live for God, but Let's walk for God. Amen. We can say of something, but the commitment is the day by day. Amen. The hour by hour. That's our commitment. Amen. Being committed goes beyond our fluctuating feelings, and, and we all have fluctuating feelings, don't we? Amen. We all get on a roller coaster sometimes in our feelings. Amen. But commitment keeps us steady through it all. Being committed goes beyond what others think about us, what others say about us. Amen. And true commitment does not allow anything to stand in the way of what we've committed to. Amen. I thank God for that. Now, commitment is more than just a promise. It is doing what it takes to make good on that promise. Because anybody can make a promise. Anybody can make, uh, you know, a declaration or a, some kind of a, you know, a statement of intention. But what are you going to do with that? Amen. Some people in the in the moment of feeling exhilarated and yeah, uh, you know, uh, I'm going to do that, you know. And then you know, all the lights are turned off and everybody goes home. Whatever. It's like, man, what, why did I even say that? You know, you know. <laughs> so uh, Abraham Lincoln said this: commitment is what transforms a promise into reality. Because I can make the promise, and then now, amen, even when nobody's looking, day by day, I'm going to let's see it through because I committed to that happening. Amen. One person said, commitment means staying loyal to what you said you were going to do long after the mood you set it in has left you. Amen. I like that. Because, you know, people have made a lot of statements and a lot of grandiose, you know, promises or this or that. Amen. And then, then they start counting the cost after the fact. And like, why did I say that? Or, oh, my goodness, or whatever. 
But you know what? Commitment will help us go all the way through. Amen. Being committed means you have a made-up mind. It's a purposing in your heart to be in this thing. And when I say this thing, I say the church. I say living for God, walking with the Lord, being led by the Spirit. Amen. It's, it's committed, amen, in, in our hearts to be in this for the long haul, no matter what comes our way. Because there's going to be things that are going to try to knock us off the path. Amen. The old paths where the good way is, there's going to be distractions. There's going to be enemies. There's going to be all kinds of things that are going to try to talk us out of this wonderful, beautiful thing, especially as we see the day approaching. Amen. Because we need to finish strong. Amen. And commitment will help us do that. It is being sold out to God, his will and his plan for our lives. Amen. You know, Joshua was Moses' assistant, so to speak. Joshua was Moses' uh, right-hand man for many years. When Moses would be up on the mountain getting the Ten Commandments and the, the plans for the tabernacle or whatever God had for him, Joshua was up as far as he could, was allowed to go. He didn't want to stay in the camp with everyone else. He wanted to be up there. Amen. He had a heart. He, you know, he didn't want to leave. He, you know, when everyone else left the, the tabernacle, left the, 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 what was the house of God back in those days, he didn't want to leave. He wanted to stay. He wanted to linger there and, and get what God had for him. He was loyal. He was faithful. He was committed to Moses and to God's plan. And because of that, when it came time for Moses to, to pass the torch and Moses to, he was going to pass away actually before they would actually cross over into the, the, the land of Canaan, the promised land, God told uh, Moses, I want you to bring Joshua before the people and pass the torch and pass the mantle. And he's going to take it from here. He's going to lead the people across to the promised land. He's going to lead the conquest of Canaan and to, uh, to fight for the promised land and take it city by city. Amen. Joshua committed himself. Amen. And because of that, God blessed him. God used him. God called him. And it came time after many years, Joshua was now old and, uh, you know, very frail and uh, feeble. And he gave one last powerful speech to the people before he passed away. And he ended it like this in Joshua 24, 15. If it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, and he's talking to the whole nation, the whole group there, amen. He said, choose you this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the flood or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Amen. He was committed the whole way, even to right before he passed. He was committed. We're going to serve the Lord. I don't want you guys to, and you guys shouldn't. Amen. But you know what? Amen. Commitment is a choice. We have to make the choice. We have to make our minds up. And that's what commitment is. Amen. When you have a made up mind, you'll be more apt to see it through and see your commitment through. So he said, you know, Choose you this day. You, we, we know who God is. We know the true God. Don't serve the God on the other side of the flood. 
don't serve the gods of the Amorites and, and whose land you dwell right now. He goes, but I'll tell you what. He said, I'm going to go out serving the Lord. Me and my house, me and my family, we're going to serve the Lord. When you read the book of Ruth, you find that Ruth was the wife of uh, a Jewish man whose mother is was named Naomi. Now, Naomi and her husband had two sons. They both married uh, Gentile, non-Jewish brides because they had a famine and a problem and a situation in Israel which caused them to have to move over to Moab for a while. And while they were in Moab, those two boys married two Moabitess girls, and Ruth was one of them. And sadly, uh, they while they were there, Naomi, which was Ruth's mother-in-law, Naomi's husband passed away. And then each of the sons passed away. And all that was left was Naomi and her two daughter-in-laws. Amen. And Naomi said, you know what? I'm going to go back to the land of Israel. I don't have nothing to stay. Keep me here anymore. You girls, you know, God bless you and everything. You go back to your people and, and I'm going to go back to my people. And, uh, and, uh, you know, and that's the, that's the way it should be. What, you know, why would you wait around? I have no more sons for you to marry. And, uh, and so I think we just need to part ways. And so the other sister, the other daughter-in-law kissed her uh, mother-in-law goodbye and went back to the people. But Ruth committed herself to Naomi. Ruth would not budge. Ruth did not want to leave Naomi's side. Amen. Ruth was committed to Naomi. Ruth was committed to Naomi's people and to Naomi's God. Amen. And Ruth said this when Naomi asked her to, you know, you need to go with your, uh, with, with the other girl. You need, you guys, you just need to go over there and start a new life. I'm going to go back and see what I can do. And Ruth responded in Ruth chapter one, verse 16, Ruth replied, don't plead with me to abandon you or to return and not follow you. For wherever you go, I will go. Wherever you live, I will live. Your people will be my people, and your God will be my God. And where you die, I will die, and there will be, and there I will be buried. May the Lord punish me and do so severely if anything but death separates you from me. She was committed. So Naomi said, Okie dokie. Come on down. And Naomi took her back over there. And through a series of events, and because of the way the law of Moses, because Ruth did not have any children, especially a male son to carry on the family name through Naomi's son, there was the kinsman redeemer law that said that the closest relative, whether it was a brother to uh, there was no brother because the brother died too. So there was was there a cousin? Was there an uncle? Whatever the closest relative was, male relative to Naomi's son, he by law was supposed to do a kinsman redeemer, and he was supposed to if he was single, he was supposed to marry that that girl and raise up children in that passed away uh, that dead man's name, so that that family could keep going. And it was the law of the kinsman redeemer. We don't want to get all into the, the weeds on that too much. But that's what happened. So Ruth 
inter was introduced to Boaz, a guy named Boaz, and Boaz, he, he took and accepted that Redeemer uh, law, and he married Ruth. Amen. Now, Ruth is not a, an Israelite woman, uh, a Jewish woman. He, she was Moabitess. Amen. But they got married, and they had a son named Obed. And Obed grew up and got married. He had a son named Jesse. And Jesse grew up and got married and had seven sons. And number seven was named David, who was a man after God's own heart, who killed the, the uh, Goliath and who became a great king in Israel. All because a woman didn't want to leave her mother-in-law. Amen. So a Gentile bride marries a Jewish man and they had, and they're, Great, their great, their grandson, amen, was David. What a powerful story! See, you don't never, never, you never know where your commitment's going to lead. Amen. Stay committed. God's got blessings. You never know what's going to happen. Amen. Elisha was uh, a kind of an assistant prophet to Elijah. Elijah was the great prophet at the time. But Elijah's time was coming to an end. And, you know, God was going to call him away. And Elijah never died. A chariot of fire led by horses of fire came down and picked him up, you know, like an Uber from heaven, only in high class, picked him up and took him away. But before that happened, and God even said, God said, I'm, uh, I'm going to take you out of here, but you need to do some things. You need to anoint this guy king and you need to do this over here, and then you need to go over and get your replacement all set up. And so he went over, and he, uh, you know, he, you know, kind of, in an indirect way, called Elisha to be his assistant. And then Elisha was uh, there, and you know, doing what he could. Amen. And there was times where Elijah was testing Elisha, and Elijah would three different times. Elijah said, "Hey." Uh, just stay right here. I got to go across the river, take care of some business. And he goes, no. He said, yeah, I'm going to come with you. And, and, and so and two more times he said that. And three times he said the same thing. Elisha said to Elijah, as the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. Amen. That was the commitment that he made. He didn't want to go. And maybe he, he understood that Elijah was going to be leaving too. Amen. So he didn't want to let him out of his sight. And he goes, you know, I got to do this over here. No, I'm not leaving you. Okay. And then a little bit later the next day, hey, you know, nope, nope, nope. And he was like his shadow. He was going over here and he was right behind him. And he, you know, he was not going to let him out of his sight. And then finally, it came time. And so Elijah asked Elisha a question. Second Kings 2 verse 9. And so it was when the, they had crossed over that Elijah said to Elisha, this was after the last time he said, you know, that I'm not going to leave you. He said, so see, this is where it pays off. Because he didn't leave him, he was going to be there when everything happened. And Elisha said to Elisha, ask what may I do for you before I'm taken away from you, Elisha. You know, and Elisha said, please let a double portion of your spirit be upon me. So he, in other words, he was saying, he goes, man, you're the great prophet Elijah and all these miracles have happened, but I want a double portion of what you have, like, you know, twice as much. And then 
Elisha, Elijah answered, so he said, you have asked a hard thing. Nevertheless, if you see me when I'm taken from you, it shall be so for you. But if not, it shall not be so. So you better believe he was committed then. He was like, he probably like hooked himself up with a rope and said, oh, I'm not going anywhere because I'm going to see you when you go. And sure enough, the day came and that chariot came out of heaven. It picked up Elijah and whisked him away. And Elisha was down there and just seeing him go away, away, away until it became a little speck. And then he didn't know what he was going to do. And then all these prophets over here that was giving Elisha a hard time, like, yeah, you're, there's no way you're going to fill his shoes and all this stuff. And they were just giving him all kinds of stuff. And, um, and all of a sudden, Elisha saw Elijah's mantle, which was kind of like the outer cloak. And Elijah used that in many miracles. In fact, he used it when they went across the Jordan River. They didn't have no bridge where he was. He just took his, his like mantle off, and he just took it, and he hit the side of the riverbank, and, and, uh, and then the river just like piled up, and they walked across, and then it kept, and then it went. You know, it was almost like when, when, they, when Jordan, uh, they crossed the Jordan River back during uh, Joshua's time. Amen. So that same mantle, which was a sim- symbol of, of the ministry of Elijah, the ministry of the of the prophet of Israel, it came, it fell down. So Elisha grabbed it up. All these guys, these other prophet guys in training, or whatever, all looking at him like, you know, what's he going to do with that? And he grabbed it. And he went up to the river and he hit the with that uh, with that mantle. And he said, "Where is the Lord God of Elijah?" Boom! And that river went, and he crossed over. And all those guys, their mouths were hanging open. And so, you know, I don't know if he went over there and just like put up their chins. But then that was what they needed to see. And they became followers of him and became the school of the prophets and all that stuff. So uh, after that, you never see Elisha asking, where's the Lord God of Elijah? Because after that first miracle, he knew where he was. And now he was the prophet but it was all because of commitment. He would never have been the prophet. He would have never had that blessing and that promotion if he wouldn't have been committed enough to stay. Amen. And it's not about convenience. It's not about this or that. It's all about, amen, being focused and committed. Amen. So sometimes our commitment, uh, you know, it's taxing. Sometimes our commitment can take it out of us. Sometimes our commitment will be misunderstood, but we need to go because we know it's the Lord is going to do something for us. Praise God. First Peter 4.19, Wherefore, let them that suffer according to the will of God commit the keeping of their souls to him in well-doing as unto a faithful creator. Even in some, you know, sometimes we go through Christian suffering. People, you know, uh, belittle Christians or make fun or whatever. Amen. But he said, even through suffering, even, you know, when we go through Christian suffering, he said, keep, uh, you, you, we commit the keeping of our souls, amen, to him, our faithful creator. Amen. We commit our souls to him. He's going to help us. And, and, and the Bible said in Luke 21, 19, in your patience, possess ye your souls. Amen. So we are in possession and control of our soul, and it's up to us who or what we give it to. And I want to give my soul to Jesus. I want to give my soul to Jesus. Praise God. The keeping of my soul, I commit it to Jesus. 
Amen. So the question is we, that we need to ask is, who's keeping our soul? Who's keeping your soul? I hope it's Jesus. Because nobody else knows what to do with it. Oh, yeah, they'll wreck it. They'll ruin it. They'll throw it away. Amen. You know, they'll help you lose it. But that's not what you want. You want it to you want to give it to the one that created it, the, the one that breathed into you the breath of life and you became a living soul. Amen. God, amen, can only keep what we have committed to his trust. Amen. We got to give God something to keep. Amen. Give him something to hold on to. Amen. Give him something to protect. Second Timothy 1 Timothy 1.12 I know, Paul said, in whom I have believed, and I am persuaded that he's able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. Amen. I've committed, amen, my soul, my heart, my mind, my strength, amen, to Jesus. And that word keep, it means to watch. Amen. He's keeping my soul unto that day. He's keeping my commitment that keep that it means to watch to guard to preserve to take custody of and the word keep actually in the greek it actually implies a fortress or stronghold or full military lines of equipment hardware and arsenals that are protecting what you've given god to keep amen praise god when you give your commitment to god when you commit your soul when you commit your life to god Amen. He's got arsenals. He's got full military lines. You know the angels, they're, they're warrior angels. Michael is a warrior angel. Gabriel is a messenger angel. But Michael and his armies, amen, we see they fight throughout the scriptures. Amen. And so there's full military lines. And we know that the angel of the Lord encamps around about them that fear him and delivers them. They're our military angels. So he's got full military lines of equipment and hardware and arsenals that are protecting, that are keeping our commitment. We got to give him something to, to keep. Amen. When God keeps what we, so that just means when God keeps what we've committed to him, he doesn't mess around. Amen. Nothing or nobody is going to even think about getting that, praise God. Go ahead and try to cross that line that God has protecting what we've committed to him. His eye is always on it. He's guarding it. Amen. And his power is guarding it at all times. So in 2023, let's purpose in our heart, amen, to give him everything. Praise God. To commit our way to him. To commit our works to him. To commit our life and our future to him. Amen. Let's commit, amen, to his will and to his wonderful plan, even if we don't understand it all the time, even if we don't know what he's doing and what's going on. Amen. We can trust him. Amen. That's why we got to trust him with our commitment because the day of the Lord is approaching soon. He's coming soon, but those who are committed will not miss out. Amen. What an incredible message. Thank you again for joining us on the podcast and may God bless you.